I'm Jordan. I'm James. And welcome to Anime Savants. And we're starting with God of High School today. Let's go. <laughs> uh, God of High School. Um, very in- much anticipated. Uh, I am yet again in the position of having read very deeply into the manhwa, so I was super excited for this to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, at the risk of being, you know, repetitious with the, you know, the uh, prior conversations about Tower of God, um, you know, the choices that they made here uh, to condense and edit and move around parts of the. Uh, introduction or the introductory chapters I think was a good idea for for the animation um, if you wind up going back and rereading uh, the opening um, they spend a lot of time on backstory before you ever really get into you know the fun and exciting part which is of course like the, uh, oh, the combat okay. and the competition so their their choice to you know cut a lot of that give you a, a very fast introduction to the characters join them up and then get them into the primary um you know arc of the story and probably save Uh some of that backstory for you know each individual um lead when they when it's their time to be focused on i think that's probably what they're going to do i think that choice um is great because it keeps the show fun and moving um it's obvious that to anyone who hasn't seen it that this isn't completely serious there's a lot of comedy um there's yes. a lot oh yes yeah um without you know giving too much away i think they were able to visually capture a lot of the important um physical descriptive characteristics of each of the characters that's going to play out you know actually relatively early in the plot like you'll you'll understand like why oh. people are drawn the way they're drawn the accessories and the the use of color um even some of the more plainly designed characters, like there's a reason for a lot of that stuff. So I think that just visually it accomplishes a lot. Um, on the you know sound design and audio side, um, I know that there was some belly aching when the trailers were dropping, and there was you know obvious dubstep influences on the opening, which were not offensive to me at all. But I know some people. Oh well, then I disagree with you on that. I absolutely hate. Yeah, that I know. <laughs> I hated that opening. Like it was just okay. Whatever you can keep going. I'm, I'm gonna get into that though. <laughs> no, I totally understand. Um, yeah, so it wasn't that wasn't offensive to me. I think that if you listen to um, you know some of the the interviews around this show from the production staff um, and the author, I think that you'll very quickly come away with this idea that. They're all very heavily influenced by popular culture um, and things that are, are whether yeah. or not they happen to be popular at the moment. Um, you know, the the inspiration for a lot of characters comes from music and movies and video yeah, games. Yeah, you sent me that interview. Yeah. And yeah, that was very interesting, like how he basically was like, yeah, he gets a lot of inf- influence from like hip hop, different genres of music. But then he's also looking to like American comics and entertainment too. Yeah, I actually the thing I, I liked the most that he said was the meaningless action isn't very entertaining, and I was like, oh fuck, you're absolutely right with that shit. Yeah, absolutely, and I and so I think that you know if you if you think about when um, God of High School was actually first produced and sort of where where the world was then. I mean, this this has been running I think at least for about five or six years. Maybe it's a little mm-hmm. bit longer than that, because um, they're in the 400 chapter range, and they've been going weekly. 
um, pretty much since the inception. So you can think about like what was popular in the early 2010s. And it's a lot of the stuff that you saw represented, whether it's the opening and the music choices to the characters to, um, you know, you had that that, uh, freestyler sort of rapping along to the various things that were happening um, and other and other stuff that would be introduced later on, I think. Uh, you can you can really see what the influences at the time were, and they don't necessarily feel all that dated because the world of God of High School is sort of like you know uh, at at times it's very realistic, and at other times it's very clearly a, a fantasy, and they lean more heavily on the fantasy stuff as time goes on. So all that said, oh, I think okay. that it's a it's a great it was a great introductory episode for someone who would know nothing about the series. Um, there's just enough action and interesting characterization and design to get people hyped. Um, the actual score of the show, leaving outside you know the the intro, um, is fresh and it has like a, again a very modern urban vibe. And I'm using urban in like the literal sense as to like stuff that you would associate with you know city living, city life, um, and yeah. everything kind of feels lived in. Uh, and and again, it's not so serious that you know you're walking into like, like where, whereas tower of god was serious and mysterious that's sort of like the vibe god of high school is bouncy and fun and yes yeah and and, and, and fast moving and i and i hope that they continue to make um educated choices as to what stuff to cut or to condense or to move around to keep that pace going forward but i'm really excited about this one yeah, I really enjoyed the fucking pacing. Um, and precursor for everyone, I have no idea what the fuck is supposed to go on because I never read the manhwa. So um, this was... I enjoyed the shit out of this episode. Like, I was smiling. I was laughing. I was oh shitting. Like, I was like, oh, this is this is good. Like, this is really fucking good. Um, back to that opening. Listen, I have problems. <laughs> we got some problems. Um, why you even put a vocalist in there if he's barely even gonna fucking sing? That's one. Second of all, if he's going to sing, you need to give him different words to sing and not the same one over and over and over again. Secondly, if it's going to be a climax part of the song, a dubstep instrumental that doesn't work for me it doesn't work it would have been better if it was a singer like you know going to the going into the chorus or like you know maybe like a, um a bridge that would have helped i don't know like i really did not like that opening from a music standpoint and that's maybe just me because i'm not a fan of dubstep like you know i can take it or leave it but in this case i'm leaving it and i'm skipping it every fucking time because i don't want to hear it no more the overall though like i love the comedy um maury mira like uh, all of it like it was perfect the shit with the muscles um and then just overall the animation and just how everything just like continually was moving like when it first opened i kind of was just like oh okay i guess we're gonna get a little bit of story exposition blah 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 blah. but then once the bike scene happened it just kept moving i saw them set up foreshadow all kind of stuff kane came in acted like a badass motherfucker um also, I really enjoyed the instrumental music that happened during the Battle Royale. That was like yeah, that the was perfect. Really that was just like perfect for this for the setting. Um, and Mira, I honestly didn't think I would like her character as much as I did, <laughs> or as I do 
at the beginning, but like by the end of that episode, I was like, yo, I like this girl. The fact that the sword got taken away and I was like, oh, so it's not just a sword style. Like she, she can just fight, period. Like that's all. That's it. Um, we don't have much backstory to anyone, but as you said, I'm, they're definitely going to expand upon why they practice the certain styles that they do, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I loved everything about it. Like everything if you haven't seen it go watch it y'all yeah like because even even though i'm talking about things that may have happened in the episode seeing it is completely different it's a completely different experience yeah one of the there were two um i won't call them concerns but things that i was interested to see what they how they would adapt from the source material the first was capturing the um, movement of a lot of the characters as they do their signature martial arts um, and then also mm-hmm. how they were going to frame some of the the actual combat scenes. And it's interesting because in that first episode, you can see a lot of, uh, I would call it like creative experimentation, whether you're looking at the, the bike chase in the beginning where they start fooling around with perspective. Um, yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a good shot when uh, Maury is chasing the thief and the, the, uh, on the motorcycle and he, and he takes a ramp up and Maury sort of comes to the conclusion that he's going to sort of whip his bike up uh, uh, from the underpass area on top, and as he's going over, the camera like zooms in and then stretches at the sort of at the the viewer's focal point is at the ba- the back wheel, and the whole bike mm-hmm. stretches out um, to sort of convey this this extreme, almost comic movement, um, and then snaps back in as he sort of uh, comes after, like gets like starts to get closer. So that's great. You so that's like one. Like, I would say, like, classic cartooning sort of uh, approach. And then literally, like, maybe 15 to 20 seconds later, you have the close-up of Han punching the uh, bi- the, the, the biker in the face, which is framed yeah. just from the perspective of the fist. And you can even tell, even if you yes. didn't know what was going to happen in the next scene, because of the way it's shot, you have the, the, the biker's head is a little bit to the right of the camera, and it mm-hmm. looks like a space where a fist would go. And so the when the motion <laughs> transfers, like it's like he's running into the fist as much as like he's getting hit. And in another, you know, show or production, probably they would have just had like a flat shot of him getting hit from the front because it's cheaper to animate because you just have the the bike sort of going going forward into the into the distance and then the guy sort of flying back out of frame. But instead they had him uh-huh. flip over comically and slam into the into the truck behind him, <sighs> right? Like things yeah. like that sort of tell you this is a little bit of a wacky world because in a very realistic setting that man was very dead, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let alone your superpower teenagers who are you know beating him up. You know they they shouldn't be able to do these things. But like that was played for comedy rather than for impact. But then you you take something like that which is you know played for fun, and then you go maybe five or ten minutes later in the episode where they're actually in the battle royale and. You have these very traditionally shot, almost some of the, some of these look a little bit rotoscoped of like you know uh, the the two punks eyeing each other up. It's a it's actually a different animation style for that like yeah. five second clip. Um, and then you know some of the the martial artists as they're starting to move around and whip around arms and legs and weapons. There was a good uh, nunchaku scene. Uh, oh where, yeah, the, yeah, and so the like double nunchaku dude. Yeah, and so the fact that they're already playing around in the same episode with like, I have to go back and look to see what some of those segments who they're credited to, but they're clearly getting 
um, a lot of talented folks to try their hand at different parts of these um, intense, uh, highly animated action sequences, and it looks great uh, in motion. Um, and I was a little bit, I was interested to see how they were going to translate some of the yeah. Really wasn't that one of your like main? That was one of your main things, wasn't it? Just yeah. like seeing how they translated that. Yeah, and it, they did a great job. Um, the only other thing I'll say is that I was surprised in the very beginning how much, uh, how many Easter eggs they drop for people who are readers and are oh. a little bit further along. Um, that so is it the hand thing and shit like that? Well, yeah, and even after that, there's there's some subtle stuff like uh, in in Maury's introduction um, that actually foreshadows very 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 important plot realizations um, oh. later on. That are when I say when I say they're subtle, I mean it's a choice of sound effects to use for certain um, certain scenes or the way they draw his face. Um, and mannerisms, especially when he's sort of in a in a silly moment or feeling a little bit embarrassed, like it it's very obvious. Um, if you, I'll say for folks who maybe don't want to be spoiled but want to have something to think about in the scene directly after um, the uh, what looks like the prime minister or the chairman smash is responsible mm-hmm. for smashing the island. There's a big pull away shot of a um, oh yeah mural. of the deities. They focused on that mural and they. Um, depending on how long uh, the adaptation is going to go this season, and it looks like it's about 13 episodes, they're probably not going to get to the material um, that really starts to flesh out like why that mural is important. And I think that uh, it was it was an interesting choice to um, uh, make sure that that particular panel um, from the the manga was front and center very early on, um, I, and mm-hmm. create some intrigue around really what's going on and what is the purpose of the tournament and uh, why these people are fighting and what's at stake. Um, and, I, and, of course, that first scene, which I, I read around and it seemed like that confused a lot of people. Like, they were shocked right out of the gate about that, you know, the appearance of the print of the hand as if this person might be powerful enough to smash a whole island. Um, they, were, they were a little bit confused at first. It's like, oh, that, is this what this story is going to be about? Like, people like this? So I, I think it's really cool that they did that. I got from that mural that basically they are holding the fighting competition because they're looking for like different incarnations of those gods. That's what I took it as. Or like the different fighting styles represent different gods. And so who is the correct success successor of the whoever is the like best successor of the certain style and can beat the other styles, the ones who can ascend or some shit like that. That's what that gave me. Because yeah, the it the hand I was like, this is like a god hand or some shit like that. So I yeah, don't know. It's super neat. I just think it's a good idea that they did that. So I'm looking yeah. forward to the rest of the season. Um, what, however far they managed to get, uh, and I think that if you were really excited by that sort of, I guess it was like an eight minute fight sequence at the end. Um, that's mm-hmm. what that's what God of High School is about. And they, I think they yes. delivered. So that'll be definitely on my must-watch list every week. They delivered in spades. I enjoyed the shit out of that. Okay, um, what's next? You want to talk about decadence or fire force? Ooh, let's do decadence. Great. Uh, I'll start this one. 
I actually enjoyed this. I'm not going to say it was the best first episode that I've seen of the season, but it intrigued me. Um, the first half of it was more so, I guess, like the world building and, you know, them setting things up. Um, I also was kind of really surprised that they just got really gory at the, out the gate and homegirl lost an arm, like ASAP. And I was kind of just like, wait a second. Um, um, they maimed a child in the first like three minutes. Okay. Um, I'm gonna stick around. Uh, not that that's a good thing, but I was like, why did this happen? What kind of world is this? Is is this going to be a, hey, they're here this episode and they're gone the next one? So they did a lot of introduction stuff. And then what really, really, really got me, though, was the the action sequence at the end of the episode. And this also, like, I saw that it, to me, it drew a lot of parallels to, like, a mecha show. Because yeah. I wasn't getting mecha show off of this, but... That whole ending sequence with the like whole building transforming and them in the control the control room and shit like that. I was like, oh man, I have seen this so many times. I still liked it. I liked it a lot actually. That control room looks really fucking cool. Oh yeah, it looks sick. It, it's interesting yeah. the whole thing turned into like I thought I was gonna get like a laser beam. It's rock'em sock. Yeah, robots. I thought it was gonna be a cannon. <laughs> it was a fucking punch. <laughs> I was like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so- And I want to know, like, you know, I want them to go, well, they're probably going to, but I'm interested in the science behind the world, too, because, like, that punch dissolved the monster. So I was just like, oh, okay, I I thought he was just going to get eviscerated and, like, a huge hole was just going to appear through its body or some shit like that. But, um, uh, homeboy, oh, man, what is his name? Kaburagi. Uh, Kaburagi, yeah. yeah. So, Kaburagi actually, like, you know, I had a feeling when he was introduced, I was like, eh, something's, on, something's up. Something's up with the character. I don't know what it is. And then when we got to that scene, I kind of was just like, oh, I'm also very interested in the the fields that are open, that they, like, they shoot at the monsters, and then, like, is it... I don't know. I mean, all this stuff that I'm like guesstimating about, I'm pretty sure they're going to explain. But this, these are the things that intrigued me about it. Um, I'm very interested. I think that there is a bad reason for all those humans to be in that tank. I don't know what it is, but I foresee it being some sinister shit. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. I don't think that's going to end up end up well. Um, not to me, I want to know what happened to the daddy because the daddy was alive, but did he die? The day that she lost her arm. They seem to be um, implying that. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, which one? I was like, did he die at a later date or, you know, whatever. Also, I'm interested to see how she becomes um, one of the, what is it, the players? Or one of the, not the tankers. Oh, the, the gears. Um, yeah, but the, the people who go out and actually fight. Yeah. 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 I want to see how she ends up becoming a gear and if her and Kaburagi have to, like, always be next to each other and linked. Because in the promotional art, she has the, um, the like, levitating ball or whatever mm-hmm. on her back. So I'm assuming she's, a vin- she's going to be a gear no matter what. But then also I'm very interested in Kaburagi becoming a gear, but also having those motives with, you know, whatever the hell that was talking about, get rid of the bugs. And also, the at the very end of the episode, I was kind of, I was really confused with, the, like, the the avatars and, like, the computer world or whatever. That shit, I was like, this is... Yeah, I don't know what's don't going know. on here. 
Yeah. So I was this like, is, I don't know you know, my takeaway, I think, when I, I messaged you and I, I watched the first episode, that I felt like I did like it, but I wasn't really mm-hmm. sure why I liked it. Um, yeah. And in thinking about the production and also, you know, what they presented as far as, like, the story and the world building, I still haven't decided if this show is more of, like, a salad or a stew. In the sense that, like, I see a lot mm. of um, influences from other, uh, you know, other works, whether it's anime or, or books or other things that are sort of rolled into mm-hmm. this. And places where some of these ideas have been done, you know, either, if not better, at least more iconically. You know, particularly yes. the idea of the gears fighting these giant monsters. It's framed in a lot of the way it's framed in, in Attack on Titan. Um, at first, anyway, you kind of get that vibe. Yeah. And there have been other shows and other things that sort of have the same um, uh, idea. Desert Wasteland, Last of Humanity, Special People Fighting These Monsters. Like, in some ways, like, that's a... It's been done to death. And yet, yes. there's these little... At least it's not an isekai. Yeah, right. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but in but in other ways, like, the take on it in the show is a little... It, it's this mix of, like, whimsy on one hand... And then sort of existential horror and dread and a lot of, like, gross things. Like, people very clearly can die. People very clearly can be horribly injured. There is a sense mm-hmm. of, like, you know, the whole, the last humanity bit is kind of played up a lot. So you have the sense that, like, every life is precious. And yet there's a cavalier attitude that a lot of folks seem to take towards the, frankly, like, the depressing situation that they're in. Um, which yeah. I would like to see how that's justified at least in the way the the plot goes forward and we the more we learn about this world because it does seem like a kind of cruddy horrible existence um that everyone's kind of leading um that said the world building once again i i i like it not totally sure why i like it um maybe it's because it's colorful maybe it's because a lot of the technology um and the there's clearly like a lot of thought put behind this in terms of like how all these things fit together, whether it's like the caste system that they've got that sort of dictates how people live their lives to the fact that we got many, many, many scenes of the main characters and others just sort of going about their daily business um, and doing it, you know, in a dedicated, organized way. Um, So what I mean by that is like a lot of shows won't spend that kind of time essentially twiddling their thumbs with the plot to introduce us to just like what life is like for regular people um, living in this world, and they did that here, which is again, it's a risk because it slows everything down, and you're you know you have all these mysterious things going on that are not being explained. Um, but I appreciate that choice. Um, the voice acting, I think, is really really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Even for minor characters, like I definitely got a vibe for who a lot of these people were and what they believed without a lot of exposition just on the basis of like the emotion that they put in their voice when they were talking about certain things or talking to each other um one thing i think you'll appreciate is that kaburagi's voice actor also voiced diavolo in golden wind um <laughs> and i love diavolo because that's I my know. fucking twitter so name that, that's just a, <laughs> a little a little easter egg for you and you personally um, mm-hmm. but, but I think that there were just a lot of smart choices that uh, right now I'm intrigued. So I'm going to follow this, this, um, there are, there are a few shows that, that, that this reminded me of just in terms of not the aesthetic, but my feelings on them. Um, 
going back a few years, there was a I don't know if you remember this on on the Sony uh, like PlayStation platform. There was an anime that got released. It was like uh, my mind is blanking on the name. Um, it, it was mecha related. It was uh-huh. I had like airships and stuff, and there were people were turning it. People kind of like turned into monsters on one end, and they were being. Uh-huh. I'm trying to remember the name of this now. And it had the whole thing of like. You know, they had you stab them, and all this blue or green blood came out, and it was, but it was animated in a very realistic way. And I'm like, my mind is not blanking because it's gonna kill me that I can't remember. Oh what my was. god! Okay, well now I want to fucking know. Yeah, there but was it blue ran blood? exclusively on a PlayStation Network. I think it was maybe Zammed the Lost Memories. Um, it ran on mm-hmm. again. I think it ran on PS. It was a PSN exclusive um, for about a year. Uh, animated by Bones, but it's another one of those series where you you're watching it and it moves a little bit slow, and the aesthetics of it are on the one hand creepy and um, dis discomforting, but on the other hand, like it's colorful and and interesting, um, yeah, and a little bit a little bit dark as far as like where the story goes. There's you know child soldiers and other things in there. Um, but it gives I mean, me the same vibe as this, and I and I can't necessarily pinpoint exactly what it is. But I wound mm-hmm. up enjoying Zammed, and so I'm willing to be patient um, with decadence. With decadence, if they, yeah. If they spool out some of the answers to these very weird <laughs> concepts that they've introduced in this first episode, so I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by this one. Well, now I'm super intrigued with fucking Zammed because. Just the picture of like the monsters, like white palette going into like, um, like a veiny, yeah, like, red arm. I'm like, what is this? It's very well animated too, and it deals with a lot of like heavy social and political, um, issues, and the world is very well realized as well. So, um, you know, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with decadence and uh, happy to to follow this one. Now, some of the answers they provide to these questions they've raised uh, veer into the very stupid, then I may drop it just because oh, yeah. you know I have limited time. But I'm so far, I'm willing to give... Uh, it's Studio Nut, or is it just N-U-T? It's Studio know. Nut. It's Studio yeah, Nut. they, they did, did Tanya, Tanya the, the Horrible. Evil, right? Yeah, Tanya the Evil, yeah. Yeah, so I'm willing to give them some rope. This feels like an you know... easy five to six episode you know sort mm-hmm. of run if even if it, things get really bad i'm willing to give that a shot i mean i really enjoyed that it's like another like you know aerial combat thing because they did really well with tanya so the fact that they're you know hovering in the air and just that whole like sequence with kaburagi like dragging her along i guess the thing that i enjoy the most about the show or not the most about it but one thing that i appreciate about the show is that like the um, the finality of death is just like ever present. Yes. Like the one guy who fell off the top of the thing with them just immediately just got fucking ghosted. Yep, he was gone. Yeah, he was just gone. Just like, I was like, wow. Okay, so we're going to be losing some people. But yeah, I think the show yeah, needed I, that. I think that, you know, they imply that the father died, so this is yeah. serious. But you have to like get an on-screen death of some character that you actually know a little bit about, or someone else mm-hmm. cares about, to like really hammer it home that yep, there are consequences here. This isn't just a this isn't a game. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. All right. So what is next? So we did. Take it in. 
Um, I think Fire Force. Yeah, let's do Fire Force. So, um, the nigga showed up. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so episode we two. We didn't get much. <laughs> we didn't get much of the nigga, but hey, I mean, I'm glad to see him. My man Ogun is in the building. Um, overall, this episode, I I enjoyed it too. I once again enjoyed the pacing. Well, not once again. Actually, wait, I'm saying that once again because I just talked about it in one of my own videos. But I will say I the pacing that they're taking for this season is much better than they did for the first season for me or the way that they're transitioning scenes and like moving it along the pacing. It's it's way more engaging as opposed to like a whole bunch of those like still shots of the city with just a in the background like they they that's like nowhere to be found and if it is there it's extremely short now as opposed to just being like why the fuck is this 15 seconds like yeah this is actually one of the more um confusing parts of the manga um okay yeah good well yeah no you go ahead because i definitely got a little confused yeah so one of the first i think this is the this is where the plot kind of transitions more into the direct conflict over and with the pillars, um, like via the the white clads that you're sort of introduced to at the end of the first season, um, and in particular this chapter, um, as written, is hard to understand because you up to this point don't really understand what anybody's motivations are, and you're being introduced to a lot of characters that knew Shinra before mm-hmm. the events of of the show so it's in a way they're doing world building but then at the same time they're moving the story forward the second part that w- that's really confusing to a lot of people and it was very confusing to me when i first ran across this was they don't they they have yet to fully explain in the show what adola links actually mean so okay we kind of Thank got a little you. bit of a taste of this um when shinra fought show and yes, and also via um, how Maya and uh, that and, and her ability um, that there's this way that you can communicate to each other through uh, if you, if you either if you are have experienced an adult, if you have the adult burst and you can, you know, you have the link and then you can sort of talk inside of that that plane of existence. Yes. Um, but then there's this they, here they add this new idea where you can actually be possessed by someone with a strong enough emotional uh, connection to whatever your uh, you know most most triggering memories are, and you yeah. finally see a character who even up till now in the manga is not very well explained. But this is the first place that you introduced to her, which is this, the yeah. first pillar, and in particular, the first pillar has this strong connection and hold over Shinra so much so that she can cause and actually possesses body and this is the first time that we've sort of seen this happen um Mm -hmm. directly as well so there's a lot of stuff that is happening here that uh is clearly important and i actually like the way they did it in the show better than how it was handled in the manga it's all the same events happen in the same order but just the Uh fact that like it's as you mentioned the pacing is such that like I felt like I met some new characters. I felt like I got to know who some of these people were. The um, uh, monologue and description from the um, Squad Four captain makes a lot more sense 
with like color because like you have to understand he the the shot of Shinra going into the office and it's all dark and he's kind of like you know yeah. hold up on the outside you you don't in black and white it frankly it's kind of hard to tell what was what vibe um the uh magaka was going for and here mm-hmm. it's very clear the the because you're stepping into darkness that this person has kind of lost their mind and yes. yet is oscillating back between like lucidity and this sort of sadomasochism uh, the fight oh my goodness you know right yes. that's been caused by his exposure um to the to, to that Adola and that other world um there also were a couple of things that were said in the dialogue that I missed when I was as a reader, but stood out to me way more um, now that I was watching it, which is the mention of, uh, I'm now blanking on the, the other captain, the captain of the first squad, um, the one who has the eye. He, they, he and Shinra had a fight at the, the last yeah, episode of season one. Yeah, the first captain. Um, yeah. I had forgotten that they not only mentioned that he's also had... Um, exposure to this other world, but that that was the yeah. cause of his eye constantly being on fire. Um, so, so that there's, was there's a lot one of like thing... things like that that are very explanatory for prior things that have happened in the plot um, that I just missed because it was hard to follow sort of the theme here. And I'll kind of end with the fact that I thought it was really cool that you got to see what the friendship, the real, real, I would say very human friendship dynamic between Ogun shinra and arthur and what it was was like during training and i think this is something that's forgotten in a lot of shows which is that um even if you're in a wacky world even if there's you know a lot of um anime bullshit that's going on small touches like you know uh leaning into the history between characters in ways that feels natural and human and not like a cartoon um you don't have to do very much to like get really engaged so if i hadn't been a reader i would really be all about ogun right now because he seems like a cool dude i'd be all about like all basically all the members of squad four that we got introduced to here and that what they may have had what 10 minutes 12 minutes of of screen talking time so i think it just was a really efficient use of a lot of stuff in this episode we even got um arthur's backstory which is which is awesome yeah so I am actually so glad that you've said all this because I felt kind of like an idiot after watching the episode and doing a video on it because I kind of was just like, I don't know if I really understood what was going on and maybe I just didn't pay enough attention in season one and I just forgot a whole bunch of stuff, but I felt like I understood it. And so now that you're saying this, I'm like, okay, because the whole like Adola Link thing and I was like, wait, so I thought this was only with Adola burst people so i'm assuming so the first pillar has an adola burst etc etc but was she also influencing um the squad four people that attacked them in the office so that's the implication is that somehow they are being controlled um through the they're all being brainwashed the question Mm -hmm. that i had when i had first read it was was this how maya doing it because we know how maya's ability allows uh her to um mess with your brain uh yeah via like electrical currents but no yes. i believe it again this is the first pillar um using her ability to kind of brainwash people but really by stoking their uh rage or anger or jealousy um and playing with emotions that way also there's a there's a line in this episode which is 
again, this it's even more confusing when you when you're reading it, and it's still confusing here. Notice that when Shinra said uh, that he recognized um, this person, uh, yeah, he was referring Iris. to the fact that the first pillar actually looks like someone in Squad Eight. Yeah. In particular, well, I'm not gonna give that away, but that's the point: is that they oh, no, put well, that line in there on purpose. It. Okay, so this is actually, so this is leading back. Okay, so spoilers, niggas. But anyway, uh, well, you already know it's spoilers. Um, so I remember in the first season, he saw her in that realm, didn't he? Yes. He saw Iris in the realm. Yes. I distinctly remember that. Yes. So when he said that this woman looked like her, I was like, hold up a second. Um, v- mm, and something's been off. Something's been off about her for me since the first season because she got a lot of highlights and not like, you know, action scenes, blah, blah, blah. Like the camera panned to her several times and... It was just like a silent pan and it was like, notice this expression or like something she feels awkward right now. So like, I was just like, why do they keep panning to her? Like she's, I was thinking like, this is a supporting character, but the more we, the deeper we got into the season, I was like, something's, something's off. Something's yeah, so off it's referencing her. events that happened very, very much later. They're not going to be adapted probably as part of uh, season two. Um, they're really more okay. contemporary to where the the manga is now. But I think it's great that it's clearer, um, n- you know, it, that this scene is given importance and it's given some time. Um, excuse me. One, two, three. I think it's important that this scene um, was given some time to actually breathe uh, and uh-huh. that you could, you know, understand a little bit better, like, what's going on. Um, I will say that, like, because the series doesn't really... Uh, sorry, th- th- this is the part of the series where um, you begin to learn a lot more about both the history of the world that they're in and also what are these things like Adola Lynx, Adola Burst, how do they relate to each other, how Who do they is Adola? to each other, what is it, you know, yeah, what is Adola yeah. in the first place? Or what is it? Yeah. Y- yeah, this is where they start to sort of go and into that explanation, which is why I think you, you and others, and myself included, probably feel like the pacing is better here. Because these are the central uh, mysteries of the story, and this is the part where Fire Force sort of ter- makes a harder turn into explaining those things, or at least giving them more airtime so you kind of can figure it out for yourself what's going on. So I think good. it's great. I think it's a, the season is off to a good start. Yeah. I also think Arthur's parents are part of the evangelists. That's just me, though. <laughs> well, his parents certainly aren't good people. I think we figured that out in this episode. Oh, Absolutely not. God damn. It's the trash. the mother's line that I immediately was super suspect when they were talking about the fire at that restaurant and the mother was like, Oh, they're talking about us on the news again. Yeah. And I was like, What? It's that part what really did you sucks. just say? I'm a you know like if if you know anything about me, uh, bad parents are really something that irritate me in shows and, and irritate me in the good way, as in you know I I connect very uh, strongly to those types of of characters who suffer through that. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. my history, but like it's just something that you know when I see it, I'm like ah, you got me. Yeah. So ah, <laughs> uh, they got me that time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah. That, that's about all I got for that one. Cool. Um, I, then, I, you know, I'm going to be following it. This is like 
between God of High School, Fire Force, Decadence, I may have room for like one more show to follow this season. And coincidentally, mm-hmm. that show may be ReZero season two. Um, okay, so I I um fuck them, but I loved it. I actually loved it a lot. <laughs> I actually really loved it. Um, but yeah, fuck them though. We didn't even get like a chill episode. We didn't even get a chill three minutes. Yeah, you got like, maybe you got like four, eh, maybe four minutes of like, things might be okay. Like, went straight back into the bullshit. Like, which you know what? I'm not mad about it, but also fuck them, man. Like, oh my God. I feel bad for people who are watching it like straight from like season one to catch up right now. Cause I'm just like, man, y'all ain't gonna get no rest. Yeah, that's basically me. I went back and rewatched, um, See episodes fifteen through twenty six from season one because I totally like forgot exactly what had gone down in maybe like the last four episodes. So that was mm-hmm. lit- you're describing my experience exactly. I yeah I really enjoyed it, um, especially from a musical aspect. Um, I just want to highlight that like the orchestra, the instrumental music, like the orchestra from the end of like their meeting, and then at the very end during the crying scene. I was just like, yo, this is perfect. Like, this is perfect. It matches the mood exponentially. And I cried when he cried at the end. Really? Like, I was like, I was like, why am I crying? I shouldn't be crying. But I cried. It, I don't know what they had. I don't know what they did, but it worked. Yeah, man, it was good. It was just good for me. I know you probably have your opinions. I, but, I have, I have um, opinions. Um, so... <laughs> The to give a little bit of backstory, I basically fell off the ReZero train when it ended. You know the first season, which now that I w- did a you know some refresher, that was 2016. That feels like a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Attack on Titan. Like. Yeah, so I had not consumed any of the OVAs or the it was a movie, right, or something like that. Mm-hmm. There was some extra content that was put out in the last like three and a half years. And I just missed it. Um, it wasn't because I hated the series. I just think that uh, I knew that there was a second season at some point. And I tend to not be someone who um, picks up a lot of side content because I normally... I feel like if it's important, it should be part of the series. And if it's not important, Agreed. then why am I watching it? So I, I really so right. I, like so your anymore. description of going right from the end of season one into season two fits exactly i the reason i went back and watched it was literally it had been three years and i literally forgot what happened um other than like the high points of you know the the whale hunt and some of what the characters were up to but that said uh i really did enjoy um the first episode of season two i felt like they it was a noticeable improvement in the animation i felt like the music was really really good um Mm -hmm. good use of like light and shadow new characters that i didn't expect i mean i knew um just through osmosis like that there were other um archbishops of sin and kind of what they were about uh i little head scratchy as to like why gluttony has the same ability as a whale but i'm interested to find out if they explain that or what that connection is honestly i'm just surprised that they came so fast right it was immediate (laughs) Yeah, like I, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm curious to to know why that is, um, but and this is my but. I will probably be watching this series through for the season, 
but I don't know if I really like ReZero as a as a mm. whole. I think it's like very well made and it's interesting. But when you said that like you got to the end and there's that scene where Subaru's crying, um, I was not affected by that at all. And it's not just because I'm a sociopath. It's because at that point, having rewatched the latter half of season one, I was reminded uh-huh. like that I don't like any of these characters. Um, oh. I don't like them. And I don't mean that in the they're bland or they're boring or they're stale. I literally just have a general dislike for most of them. And I think that contributes to why when they want to go on, on the emotional end of what the show's capable of, I don't yeah. rise to that occasion because I don't care about their emotions. You don't care. <laughs> Subaru is a bad person. And I think that like there's no <laughs> nobody argues this because this is the author's opinion. And it's how he's written. He's written as a pretty shitty person. You know, from yes. the first moment you meet him until the even to until around the end of the first season. I mean, it he's going through he all grew. these things, all of the bad stuff that he the mind break moments, the the whatever. It's mostly because he's an asshole and yes. selfish. Which I like. <laughs> I think actually that's a wonderful quality of the show is that they don't shy away from um presenting the main character as a piece of shit, because he is a piece of shit. And he does learn in some ways to be better, which I appreciate. But the yes. problem for me is that at the when you when you spool it out, it means that like the people who realize the good things about him over the course of the series are realizing it because their exposure to who he is is the best of him. Yes, that's it. That is. They're yeah. only getting him after he's done every horrible thing imaginable and realized that the only way out is to you know think through a problem with something other than his emotions or to consider other people or to figure out the right timing of events and other stuff that he's got to do in order to achieve his goals so to all these people he seems like the polished final copy but as an audience member i know that he's a piece of garbage so if he wants to go cry over some character who hasn't, I'd say, very, very problematic fascination with his uh, potential, um, I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, that, to, to put it very bluntly, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's problematic that 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 is the relationship they have. I don't think it's problematic that it's presented the way it is in the show. I actually think it's very like. You know, intern- it follows its own internal logic that makes perfect sense. But just to me, I can't root for that. I have to yeah. root against people like this. Because people like this in real <laughs> life are the reason this world the is worst. a terrible place. The worst? Yeah. Because <laughs> so they I, don't but, get But checked. at the same time, I recognize that like the show is better than the you know my opinion about the characters. And so it's worth watching. And the last thing I'll say is that... Um, there are plenty of ReZero fans who get this, and that's why they like the show. They like the show because, mm-hmm. you know, every for the most part, everyone's pretty well written, and people follow their own motivations, and it's super interesting. There's a subset of those fans who uh, have an equally unhealthy relationship with the characters that they like as some of the people in the show. And so I'm not holding ReZero accountable for its fan base, um, I'm just saying that it's relatively off-putting when people are talking about like Rem is best girl and then their explanation for it is uh, very troubling because it says a lot yeah. more about them yeah. than it does about the character. 
blind support right someone you could treat like absolute dog shit and they'll be like you're the best ever because you're the only man i know like no uh, it's 2020 we gotta move past that shit but i would still recommend it i think season two is off to a really good start um a lot of interesting stuff i don't really know what's gonna happen some people have read the novels um i i'm aware of some of like the if stories which frankly seem more interesting than what what we're getting in the main story but hey Mm -hmm. it's all good to me so i'll probably be following this one same okay so then there are two that i watched that i know you're not watching but so i've seen rent a girlfriend and um the first episode of sword art online war of underworld the final season um rent a girlfriend was actually really really good for a shoujo and it wasn't like sappy it was not sappy at all. Like it's de- it definitely like leans on comedy a little bit, but the overall like themes are kind of like very fucked up. Like okay, so it was hilarious in the beginning. In the very beginning, his current girlfriend breaks up with him, and then she immediately blocks him on all social media. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was fucking hilarious. But as we get through to the rest of the episode, and he actually like goes and starts to date like the girl. Um, it actually gets kind of pitiful and it actually almost is very similar to, um, Subaru where I'm kind of like, oh, you're a piece of shit and you want people to put up with you. So he takes it out on her. And then what ends up happening is of course, like, you know, anime, they end up in like, you know, a precarious situation. Um, and they end up having to like talk to each other, like with their actual selves. So like she breaks character from who she regularly is as like the girlfriend and she basically tells him off and she's just like this is my fucking job i'm doing it correctly the problem is is that you have other things and you're lashing out at me and that's what you're not gonna do and he admits that he's wrong oh that's the the first episode i've heard all day yeah and i was like oh my god like i think i think i like this a lot and then they even have like conversations with each other about loneliness. And basically, I think that's probably going to be the theme of the show where it's just like, how do you fill your own void of loneliness? And he was trying to fill his with renting a girlfriend. And to me, it seems like she's trying to fill her own loneliness through that job. That's so, yeah, I was like, I think I kind of like this. And then, of course, they end up in a weird situation where, you know, like his grandmother got sick um they went to the hospital her grandmother ended up being there they had to lie that they were actually in a relationship and then they were like we're never going to meet each other again of course they're going to meet each other again but by the end of the episode the main character basically is just like okay so these were my faults and i'm gonna fix them from now on and this is where my story actually begins and i was like oh okay well shockingly self-aware i like to hear that yeah and like we saw i mean it wasn't like you know a complete super duper journey but i was like thank you for this like it was a lot of character development in one episode but it's also relatable and i've also seen people in those situations and like react poorly in those situations and never get checked so it was really refreshing to basically be like yeah someone checked you on your bullshit and you actually admitted to your faults and you became a better person for it thank yeah, i feel you. like there's a there's like a, a wraparound commentary back to re-zero which is that i think it's a very important 
that in series where there's an intent to tackle a topic like this, you know, somebody making a mistake, owning up to it, and then wanting to be better, that there's uh, cooperation, collaboration, and witnessing by the other people around them. So that it's yeah. not just the one person making the change or or that it's not them talking to the audience or being presented to the audience, but that the characters are around them, the people around them are also aware that this person is aware and is doing something. And I think that like, you know, that you know, the, the fact that this show and, I, and there have been many others I can think of lately that take a naturalistic approach to that issue. Um, that's super healthy. So I love to I love to hear that. Yeah, I'm actually like I'm definitely watching this for the season. Like if this if this is what they're going to keep up with, if they're going to continue to explore these themes, then I'm here for it. Like it and it definitely gives you shoujo vibes, but it's not like uh, they're actually in college. So it's none of that high school shit. Like they all have their own apartments. Like I'm just like, thank you. Like I'm actually yes, like this is more so closer to like or not real life, but just like, you know, you get tired of the high school shoujo shit. No, absolutely. No, but yeah, it was great. good. And I also watched SAO, and it was SAO. That's about <laughs> all I got to fucking say about it. I mean, listen, they had some really cute fight scenes. They had a savior moment, and they had their etchy moment with tentacles, oh, which I didn't see coming. Oh. And a tentacle got stuck into a vagina. So um, that happened. First episode, SAO, War of Underworld, final season. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that those are the highlights of the episode for me. I mean, there's really not much going on. Um, well, oh, I hate to say that. It's not that not much is going on. It's just like it's literally just like the continuation of last season. Like it's not like there's a brand new villain and shit like that. It's like no, it's more the same shit. We're still in the same battle. We're still trying to figure this shit out. So yeah, sounds yeah. like sounds SAO. like SAO's doing SAO stuff. I mean, I will say that I do appreciate it, and that's what I was thinking about as I was watching it. Um, that it has a similar stake this season as it did with the first season, even though it's only for one person. But since that person is the main character, it's kind of just like, well, if this happens, then the show's over. Period. <laughs> right. Like, everything's done. So it's nice that to have, um, what is it, two whole arcs, basically, of the main character who has the most ridiculous plot armor in the fucking world be disabled and useless yes i agree it is very nice to basically like see these motherfuckers actually struggle or at least have some stakes right something you can get behind that's yeah unpredictable or could feel unpredictable yeah and that's the thing though it's kind of like we all know where it's going of course we know (laughs) but i'm here for the journey so Okay. Um, well, yeah, sounds, sounds I'm, I'm gonna watch it too. I mean, yeah, like why not? It's I SAO. can be talked back into Sao, but it has to be like when seasons are over, and I can just like skip around. <sighs> Man, uh, that's the thing though. I feel like Sao is hard to get through, especially like if you start it fresh, and when you get to like that second arc, um, <laughs> when you get to Alfheim Online, I'm, oh, it's just God. like, is this the same? Is, is this the, the same, same show story. that I was watching? Is this the same, like, what? And then with, Gun with Gale lower like, stakes. It's the same story with lower stakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get the Gun Gale, and it's kind of like the stakes are even lower. Right. It's actually even more pathetic when you when you get to the end of that season. Because you're like, oh. I mean. It was, it was like, like that. It wasn't even. There's no, like, technological component to this. It's just some asshole. 
I mean, I feel like the novelist had to like step it up because like after Gun Gale, they did like Mother's Rosario, right. which was like really fucking sad. Like I was like, damn, this hit my heart. Thank you for the fight scenes, though. Um, I think with Alicization, like he immediately knew he had to do some shit and that nigga got poisoned straight up. And I was like in real life. And I was like, oh, oh. Oh, oh, they're trying to kill him. Like, kill him, kill him. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm reminded of the, that story. I don't know how how fully true it is from uh, the second. I guess it's technically like the second season of of uh, Dragon Ball Z, where mm-hmm. uh, you know the, there was this attempt to like, all right, we've done the Goku thing. It's great. It's wonderful. But you know, now's the Now's the time to move on to Gohan. You know, you had yeah. your fun. We did the journey to the West, you know, and we beat the bad guy. Let's get the new generation. And then, you know, you, you go through all that and the editors come back and say, listen, man, I know you I know you went through all this trouble to give your hero a glorious send off and introduce the next but- generation. But um, we're trying to sell all this Goku merch, buddy. So <laughs> I'm going to need you to figure out a way to bring his ass back. We don't want to hear about Gohan. We don't hear about any of this other shit. We need Go. We need Super Saiyan Goku. Get him out here. Bring him back to life. We don't give a shit. Just figure it out. And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> it's, you know, like I, I feel like that 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 lesson of like once you hit gold one time, don't try to do anything different has been if inhaled it's not broken, why by all these it? light novel writers and everything else of this generation. Where it's like is clearly to me. Uh, War of Underworld is just an was an attempt to reboot Sao, right? Like that's all Which it is, really was. I mean, because people I th- have been complaining about it forever. Well. I think it's going well. I, I'm not saying it's going badly. I'm saying that like the need to do it, but then still keep all the central cast of characters around arbitrarily in even weirder, more contrived ways, is because there's no way that they would feel like this series could move. If it wasn't Kirito doing Kirito's shit, right? Like, I don't think I. I think that's the belief is that you couldn't. It couldn't just be the next story with the next protagonist. Mm-hmm. Like the world apparently is not strong enough on its own to carry that. So it's like you know whatever. I could have a long rant about how this is true in a lot of series, but I it's more of a fan problem than a creator problem. So oh I, it, absolutely yeah. So I'm not. I mean, I'm, not I'm not dogging is... Sao for that specifically there there are vehement sao haters just like they just never even watched it and they just like it's trash yeah, it's not trash it's no more trash than a lot of the other things people like i mean i think the first curse stands on its own very well and i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it like that's why i stick around because i'm just like if you could somehow get back to this and i think alicization like you said it's like it's an it's a, a reboot in a sense, and I'm like, I'm enjoying it. I'm not balls to the walls, like, this is the best shit ever. You, everybody needs to come back right now. Right. It's just like, I'm enjoying the series again. Yeah, as opposed I to cool. like. I with- watched the first the first season of Alicization, and I, mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought it was, you know. Oh, the, it got much better. Yeah, I mean, like, the it, parts that did that. Once they got worked, in the tower were made, were great. The parts that didn't work were all like the weird stuff. The weird, like, underlying lore of SAO as a universe, and then the way that the author has to shoehorn, like, characters and ideas 
back into the plot that basically have no purpose anymore. Um, oh, I definitely feel him bringing um, the homeboy into fucking Alicization. What's the name of the guy? The the one who did who made all the shit happen in the first season. Oh, oh, uh, like shit, the the dude who the the actual creator of the technology. The, yeah, the actual creator of the technology. Is he? He's not dead. <laughs> he's. They're gonna bring him back. Oh, oh did you see right, the movie? This weird, like soul. Yeah, his soul is like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, that that part is where you lose me, but that's, like, where a lot of places lose me. It's, like, the weird fantasy stuff that's, like, vaguely spiritual, and you're Mm -hmm. like, all right, okay, we this just an excuse to do what you gotta do. But it's fine. Like, I'm not a hater. I will get back to SAO when this season is done, and uh, I will probably skip around to the fights and... Probably the ones that don't involve Kirito in any way, because that's the most interesting stuff. Well, hey, uh, good news. Right, he's he's literally he's literally can't do shit. Yeah. Oh, I do. And that's probably why it's entertaining. I think that the um, sound effect design in all three seasons of Alicization now is awesome. Oh, like everything sounds crunchy and heavy Mm -hmm. and. It's, it's those really when good. they swing the swords yeah it's really good and the different con- and the way that they sound when they swing like the thinner swords and like um Berkuli. oh Berkuli had a really good fight this episode yeah i mean that's the thing though i'm enjoying it so yeah. don't 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 take it on but you know if i were to give my review of this episode i basically just be like yeah that was that was that was more sao it is it's going it's moving and there's etchy that i did not see coming well you know I'm waiting for Food Wars to come back, so I have nothing to say. Oh my god, I I really wanted to come back, but I keep hearing horrible things about this season. Oh no. I heard a lot of people weren't pleased with the final arc in the manga. Oh no. You didn't hear that? No, I've been I've been on on media blackout for Food Wars. Oh man, I, a lot of people, I remember people commenting at the end of the 4th season and they were like this is where it should end. Oh Period. no! Like, this is where it should end. I mean, it kind of. Sh- I, like, I, I could see that, definitely. And if it, yeah, if it did end at the end of the fourth season, I would have been like, "Oh, that was cute. Okay, I'll take that." But they said that this next arc, like a lot of people were like, "No," like did no. And then when he did the, I think not when he when they did the epilogue, also people were like, "Get this shit out of our faces." So I'm just like I don't know if it's maybe they maybe they might change some shit in anime. Maybe. But I just remember a lot of comments from people who who have read the manga and they were like, "Yeah, no, we don't really fuck with the last arc like that." Like at all. Well, I am hopeful. But I'm going to watch it regardless. Yeah, like I'm very like, hopeful. I'm gonna, but that's my like, trash, I'm right? Watch. Uh I'm not going to get out there and say that Food Wars is in any way, shape, or form high art. Right. It is not. Um, <laughs> at all. Some fucking so. good shit. Um, so, yeah. It's some it's some expectatory shit. But, yeah. Um, I have to eat while I eat it, though, every single fucking time. I can't watch that shit without food. God. Yeah, I get really... I get super hungry. Then I get angry that, like, a lot of this stuff is actually... Ma- you could actually make it, and I am terrible. Have, like, I oh will never eat God. this. Oh, my God. The fucking people that make it on YouTube and have people try it, I'm just like, man. Yeah, I'm pissed off, but just because I'm hungry, not because uh, they do anything wrong. 
Um, yeah, so I guess that about wraps. I, the only other thing I watched this week is not anything current. I just went back and rewatched the first five or six episodes of Outlaw Star because I was put back onto it by uh, a video from a channel that compiles HD versions or, or 4K versions of old, like, Toonami promos. And so mm. I saw the Outlaw Star promo again, and I'm like, oh, I love this show. And I went back and yeah. rewatched Ooh, the Blu-ray. That was really a Toonami banger. Yeah. Oh, uh, don't get me good. started on my obsession with, with Toonami, especially old school Toonami from back in the day. That's my Man. that's my jam. <laughs> Some Tenchi Muyo in this bitch. Yo. Rurouni Kenshin. Yo. I need to finish Rurouni Kenshin, to be honest. Like, I really <laughs> do. Because I didn't know that they didn't they didn't do the next arc because it had to because it had to do with Christianity. Yes. Like he fights like a and, knight. Like it's all this other stuff. Yeah. I was just like, oh, so that wasn't the end? Nah. I remember yo, the that. thing as an aside. Uh I I remember when I was like was I eleven years old? It was like eleven or twelve. And I had seen Rooney Kenshin. Um, and, you know, back in the day, if it wasn't... I didn't have cable or nothing. So, like, I would have to, like, find VHS tapes. And you'd watch a few episodes. And then, like, if your local video store didn't have the next ones... Or they just had some random one out of order. Like, obviously, the video store doesn't give a shit. They didn't care. They were just like, ah, what... You know, we'll get uh, the, the first, you know, four episodes. And then something from the second season. And then something from somewhere else. So I would like mm-hmm. see bits and pieces of it um, out of order. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And then my homeboy was like, yo, you ever heard of Samurai X? And I was like, Samurai X? I was like, he's like, yeah, it's Rooney Kenshin. I was like, oh, it's just a different name. He's like, nah, they, they made like a movie. I was like, what? I was like, what? What? And I went and rented it. When? It's completely fucking different. You don't know the Rooney Kenshin OVA? No. Oh, man. Man, okay, that's so something. To listen, some fucking... that might be some homework for next year. I will rewatch that one in a heartbeat. They, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, animated in a much more realistic style. I will say that. I want to say, um, who's behind that? Was it uh, Production IG way back early? I'm trying to remember now. Who? What? What? Uh, studio? It was a different studio than did Ru- the Rurouni Kenshin TV. Um, oh, okay. I mean, it was like in Japan. It, Rurouni Kenshin was sometimes translated, the TV show was sometimes translated back as Samurai X. But when they oh. made the OVA, um, they, in America, they, uh, they, tra- they, they, they ported it um, with a different name because it looked so different. Um, so, oh. in any case. Yeah, I remember seeing that and um, just having my mind blown because there's blood, there's dismemberment. Um, it's not in any way, uh, cartoony, nor is it a pleasant story. Um, cause this is the prequel to, uh, the Kenshin that we meet in the show. So, uh, I, that's just, oh. a rem- I, I was just reminded of, um, you know, that era of watching anime. That said, um, about Outlaw Star, it looks great in HD. I would recommend anyone who hasn't seen it to give it a shot, um, Funny enough, we just had a long conversation about main characters who are pieces of shit, and then they get read by the people around them, and they try mm-hmm. to become better people. And I think now that I'm an adult, I can appreciate that aspect of Outlaw Star um, more than I ever would have as a teenager. So, hardly yes. recommend to go pick that up. 
This makes me want to go find G Gundam again. Um, that easy to find. I don't know what else. I mean, I guess there's a couple of news items, or at least one that we can run. Yeah. Through. So you want to talk about Pikachu with boobs? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that ever. I never <laughs> want to talk about that, but I guess we should. Um. Well, you're the one that found it, so. <laughs> I think to 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 keep it short and sweet, um, as we were sort of, you know, haphazardly discussing about localization. Um, and changes between uh, U.S. versions of shows and and those that were airing in their original form overseas. A story uh, came out, I think, over the the last month or so, just talking with some of the original um, uh, production staff on Pokemon in Japan, and they were just sharing anecdotes about um, some of the issues or funny things that came up during the original localization of the series. And... As as one knows today, that the, both the names and sometimes the designs of certain um, Pokemon or characters um, might go over in different ways in different countries, and especially back in the early days of localization, um, there was a lot of uh, creative alteration that might happen um, when a show came over, and so for Pokemon... Uh, when the uh, the the original series creators were just detailing some conversations that they had had specifically around Pikachu and uh, changes that their American localizing partners requested or were interested might be interested in doing, and one was I guess I don't know if it was like it was specifically Pikachu with boobs more that they that their redesign of Pikachu was more of like a like a uh, a cat a humanoid cat. Um, yeah. Then a rat that shoots lightning. I don't know how that happened. Um, but yeah, that was a weird and <laughs> vaguely disgusting image in my own mind that they described. Yeah, I tried to imagine it and I was just like, I can't do this. So it, <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. But I mean, if the worst that happened was they showed a lot of episodes out of order and they changed some names, I mean, I guess we should all be thankful that Pikachu didn't get. I don't even know. I don't even know how that would work. Like, what were they going to do? Reanimate the entire series? I don't think they would be able to air that on American television. uh, I don't know. I don't don't think that would be possible. Like, I would... Well, I wouldn't, but I feel like my my preacher parents would walk in and be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I mean, I I guess they just felt that all this stuff was weird, so why not? Yeah, okay. Moving on from that, um, the world ends with you is getting an anime. I know, and I didn't. And play I it, am so. Now I feel like so... You never played I it. I feel like yeah, it was one of those games. Oh. I kept looking at like I'm, I need to play this, and I never did it. <laughs> oh my god! It was on PSP, when that shit right? came out on the DS, I literally okay, DS. Okay. I think yeah, I think I broke a DS because I played it so much. Oh shit! Like. That's how much I was playing that fucking game. Like, I love that game. That game was fucking... It was perfect. It was. It's a Square Enix masterpiece that a lot of people just did not... They just didn't know about it. And then they brought that universe into Kingdom Hearts. And then at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, it's just like, oh, bitch. Like, we're, are we about to, like, reboot the... I mean, well, here, spoilers for Kingdom Hearts 3, motherfuckers. So Fuck Kingdom if you Hearts. Are part of- all you want. Fuck anyone who likes that game. <laughs> no! 
whatever. <laughs> I'm going to do my shit. Listen, Kingdom Hearts was my shit. With Utada Hikaru, when they did that fucking um, commercial with When You Walk Away, I saw that shit on Cartoon Network and I was like, I need it. But that I shit was it. fire. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 are fire. That's what we're talking listen. about. We're talking about Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Okay, we're talking about Kingdom Hearts 3 then. Okay, because I was going to be like, now listen. You no, one and, two, one and two are legendary. Kingdom Hearts okay. 3 made me want to blow my brain out. <laughs> okay, um, agreed. Because I definitely felt like playing the game got to be a chore at some point. Because I was like, we're not getting... Okay, anyway, we're not talking about that shit. So basically, the world ends with you ends up coming into Kingdom Hearts 3 lore through Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Why? No one fucking knows. But Tetsuya Nomura loves to just put, mix, and match every fucking thing that doesn't need to touch anything else. I don't know why. They keep letting him do whatever the fuck he wants to do at Square Enix. Whatever. I like the character designs. Anyways, at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, Sora's dumbass does some dumbass shit again, and he ends up in another world. And it's not just like another world as in like another Disney's world. Like he's not on the same plane of existence as like... Kairi, Riku, and the motherfuckers again. He actually ends up in a modern-looking city. And the city that he ends up in is the city of the death game of The World Ends With You. The fuck? Yeah. So, like, that was a real... That, and that was the secret ending. I and literally so, got to the end of that game and just said, I'm not beating this. Fuck this. I mean... I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed the final boss fight. Um, I thought it could have been more wild. I just wish that the exposition of the game and the story made more sense and they just focused on a few themes as opposed to like all this pseudo shit. I can go on and on about all that. All the six billion oh. layered nonsense. Yeah. like ugh, I can go on and on about it. But The World Ends With You absolutely deserves this anime. The story is so fucking good. The characters are so fucking good the revelations are so good um i bought the switch version because they added on they have like another story they added another day the story and i never beat it and got to that and i i actually this is my excuse to go back and like play through it again just to get to that extra story before the anime drops because this just like this it's just such a good and i don't know how they're going to translate this stuff um with the pins and the fighting and stuff like that but the fighting in general I, it's it's it seems like already they're keeping the style of the game. Oh yeah, so it's still gonna be amazing. Yes, yes if they keep that soundtrack, it's over for everyone. That is one of the best video game soundtracks I have ever had the pleasure of playing and listening to. Every song is a bop. I'm saying even over the Persona series, every song in that game is a fucking bop. So if this shit comes over to the anime, it's over. It's over for everybody. Do you know who's it's animating over. it? Um, because I, I don't. I don't, I, I saw I no actually, indication of who's actually doing it. I don't think they know who's animating it yet. The studio hasn't been announced. Yeah, like, but they. Oh wait, no. Got... Shin I Animation and Domerica. Interesting. Um, what Shin I? Oh, it. Mm, I don't know this. Oh, they did. The Eighth Son recently. Okay. That was kind of interesting. It looks um, great. You know. Oh, they do a lot of Doraemon stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it, it sounds like, you know, someone confident behind it. So, oh, they did Chin Chan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm... If... if And that's the thing, though. I'm surprised... I'm not seeing Square Enix's name anywhere on it as far as, like, the producers. But they have to. Because Square Enix, like, did a shit ton of anime for a minute. So... 
they just need to bankroll this and they need to make it the best that it ever is. Because just like Joshua and Shiki, like Shiki's story alone being the first arc is just like, I know, I know people are going to watch this shit and be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what is this? What? It's so good. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, all right. So here, here I'm going to do, just like last week, I'm going to get real close to the microphone. And I'm just going to send a message to Shin A Animation, okay? Go watch all those terrible Persona adaptations and do the exact opposite of whatever oh, they did. Please, do please. Do the exact opposite of that. Please. I don't want to hear any crying from, you know, all these fans of the original game saying the world ends with you is trash. You know, I don't want to hear it. I want good shit. It looks great. It looks fucking fantastic. Makes me want to actually pick up the game and play it. All right? So just just go mm. look at what these other idiots have been doing with perfectly good franchises that have already done everything correctly and, and fucking it up. Okay? They just don't do that. They have to them. <laughs> yeah, so that's all. I don't even want to... I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't talk about Persona animations. I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't. You know how angry I was... When I saw the 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 Persona, I think it was a Persona Four. Uh, oh, I was ex- so excited! Yeah, I, I was, was so excited. Hyped. I should now, have been hyped. I don't do know why. You know I shouldn't have been. That there is a black sheep of Persona animation, and that's the Persona Three movies. True. Okay. Those yeah. are really, really good. They're really fucking good. Yeah, I think I've seen one. I of think them. they're. I think there are four of them in total. Yeah, the, yeah, there are a bunch. I think I saw one, and I was yeah, pleasantly which, surprised. This is how you do it. Like, if you need the time, break that shit up. Break it up. Do it in a movie format. Give us, like, you know, two, two, two and a half arcs per movie. Leave us on the cliffhanger. Wait for the next movie. Like... That's how you do it. Persona 3 movie was so good. And, you know, I thought that they were going to learn a lesson and Persona 5, the animation, was going to be better. No. And they didn't. Which is unbelievable so, to me. It's unbelievable. So, I don't know who's in charge of the fucking animation, but they need to be fired. But keep Shoji Maguro. Keep that music coming. <laughs> keep that music coming. Yeah. But, yeah. Music, uh, awesome. Because that was always a strong point of 4 and 5. Music is pretty mm-hmm. good. I like um, a, a few of the TV intros. Um, for four, I think there were two, two that they did, and I like them. But yeah. that said, uh, this looks like a very aesthetically pleasing show, and if I didn't know that it was based on a game, I would still be very interested in watching it. So, fingers Indeed. crossed. Oh, also, we talked about this earlier, but we didn't talk about it on the podcast. But um, Crunchyroll shit is going to HBO Max. Sweet. So, Tower of God is on HBO Max, so now y'all don't have no fucking excuse. Um, watch your anime. HBO Max has a really good spread of anime. Like, I was surprised when I opened it and, like, looked through it. And I was like, oh, it looks like someone who actually knows what they're talking about, like, made the list for this. Yeah, I mean, some of the highlights I saw there, they had Death Note coming over. They have um, Food Wars is coming over. Um, they're mm-hmm. also bringing in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which I think you know. Brotherhood that, is already on it. Yeah, I'm saying, but this is what's there. Uh, in addition, the new stuff is is uh, oh, okay. the Crunchyroll exclusives, Death Note, and and Food Wars, and um, mm, uh, Tower okay. of God. Um, we, and I think yeah, the assumption, you can God make a strong huge. assumption that any future Crunchyroll original will probably have a second run 
on HBO Max. I have I don't know what the exact deal is because there's been no real conversation about that. But mm-hmm. my guess is that that's what they're going to be doing. Um, but as for like what's there, to your point about whoever is behind this has done a pretty good job curating. You have FMA. You have Cabaneri of the Iron Fortress, Kisniver, um, weirdly Berserk. Uh, Cabaneri is so good. It was only on Amazon for the longest. Yeah, yeah. And then one that I was pretty surprised by, but I'm happy that it's it's going to get some play is uh, Roku no Yusha, which is (gasps) a... Oh my god! Thank you! Oh my god! Yes! Somebody else finally watched this fucking show. Thank you. It's really fucking good. It was so good, and no one ever knows what I'm talking about. Like, if you want to know who I hated before Rachel, just go watch. Li- oh, okay. We got we got to do we got to do the episode. Yeah, we can have a whole conversation we, about that one. We are. I would. I'm. Oh, I can't wait to rewatch this shit. When I tell you, I was pissed. I knew from jump. I knew. I knew. I took uh, one look. I'm like, can't trust him. Man, them. can't trust him. Man. I If I go back and find my tweets and Facebook posts from that period of time, there was a lot of uh invectives directed so at certain alone. certain types. That's all I'm gonna say. I was so alone during this show. I wanted someone to talk about it with so bad and no niggas was watching it. We'll and make I was up like, for that. We will make up for this that. is good. This is some good shit. And I'm i I'm actually tight. That it didn't get a second season because everyone who reads it, they're like, "Yo, it gets even wild." Yeah, it gets super lit. And I look, I'm not a, I'm not a light novel reader, but I'm a Wikipedia reader. So same. I'm, I needed to know. I didn't go. I didn't even go that far because I was like, "I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. It's I need it." And happen. you know what? Nobody watched. If it. you motherfuckers can give Log Horizon, yo, a third exactly. Season, then you I can like. give this Log a second Horizon. season. Excellent show. Go watch it. Um, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> if you can give Log Horizon a third season, you can give Roku no Yusha a second season. Roku no Yusha deserves all everything. It's also gorgeous. It needs a, it's <laughs> gorgeous. It deserves a full adaptation. Like, it is so good. Like, the yeah. mind games and... Ugh. Like, I was lit I off it. the first ten minutes of that show. I knew I was all the way in. I... <laughs> Every week, I was just like, man, I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm here. I'm I'm tuned in. And by the end of it, I was just like, bruh, I don't need... There's some OP <laughs> bullshit off, off rip in that show. Woo! Like, what? who are you telling? Okay, listen, we go, we, <laughs> we, we're definitely... We, we're covering that bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. If y'all you. can't tell, you need to go watch it if you haven't seen it before we start spoiling it, because... Uh, an upcoming episode is gonna have that spoil spoiled yes spoiled end to end no problem like yes like we're oh i can't wait to get into this shit um what else was there um oh my heroic academia is taking a week break so they can transfer to digital because pandemic wear masks niggas yeah please please so i don't know that might be about it i may i have one extra recommendation and then uh I think. Oh, um, Stone Wars got pushed back, which yes. I'm actually pissed yes. about. That's right. I'm actually really pissed by that. I really wanted that second season, like ASAP. Um, Doctor Stone really surprised me at how much I enjoyed it. No, I, I loved. I I read a little bit of the beginning, and then I deliberately like swore off it for like a year and a half. 
so that I would have mm. a lot to pick up. And then I, I think I got up to the beginning of the 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 arc that is ending now, or in the mm-hmm. process of ending. Um, so I like having I like having that always in the back burner, or something I can just get a good afternoon binge reading because it is quite. It's better than you think it should be, even if you liked it in the beginning. It's really good. Mm. See, that's even better to hear. It's so popular that I'm pretty sure they're just probably going to be like back-to-back seasons like Hero. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So what are your recommendations for the week? Yeah, so I have I have one recommendation other than to, you know, the one I threw out earlier about going back and watching Outlaw Star. Um, but another show that it actually aired in 2013-2014, and it's a remake. Um, it's Space Battleship Yamato. 2199 it's a remake of the og og um anime series uh it's really cool i think that if you're into sci-fi and action um anime that it's it's rare that you get a high quality um either adaptation or reboot of an old series that doesn't actually stray too far away from the design or the writing of the original, but still winds up working with more modern um, production. And Yamato 2199 looks fantastic. Um, It's a mix of uh, good cost-cutting CGI, but then also well-animated characters. Uh, It deals with issues that that clearly were very motivating in the 70s, um, like... uh, nuclear warfare um racism but also a lot of politics that is sadly or unsurprisingly i guess relevant again in 2020 um the characters are actually for for a show that has been copied as much as it has been and been so influential the characters still Mm -hmm. feel fresh and interesting and engaging i mean there's some stuff in there that uh if you aren't into um sort of by the numbers sci-fi or adventure writing um you know maybe you'll find it not as exciting but i there's there's a lot of emotion a lot of heart um and a lot of sad stuff that goes down in addition to a lot of really cool um things so i think it's a great series i missed it when it dropped i knew that it had come out and it was on my radar but it wasn't until a couple weeks ago that i just went back and and watched the whole thing and um, they got a lot of episodes. They got like a full season, twenty-six episode effort. So it's legit um, and cool. So I would just recommend Space Battleship Yamato twenty-one ninety-nine, the twenty thirteen mm. remake. Okay, I mean my experience with that is through Super Robot Tizen, and if you don't know what Super Robot Tizen is, then be prepared for a long Google session because it's a <laughs> lot. It's a whole bunch of lot. But if you are very interested in it, you can go to YouTube and you can look up all the special moves because that shit is cool as fuck. But um, I guess my recommendation for this week is going to be Miss Kobayashi's Maid Dragon. Did not expect to like this show. Um, I actually did not watch it while it was airing. And this is some of the most wholesome, hilarious slice of life shit that I've ever experienced. And I love it so much. And it's basically... Um, there's the regular human world and then there's like um, a mythological world that's like parallel to it and there are dragons and like all different kinds of races and a dragon basically like slips through comes to the human world because she's injured and is about to die and then she runs into this drunk woman and the drunk woman basically like talks her through her pain or whatever and like helps her 
And the dragon is like, okay, I'm going to be your maid because you helped save my life. And what ends up happening is all these other dragons who are like secretly in the human world end up like finding out about her being there and they all start to assimilate into human society. And it's some cute shit. Like there's there's a Comiquette episode and it was it was one of the best. Ugh, it was so nice. It's just, I guess I would say like the highlight episode for me would be like one of the dragons who's known to be like, you know, extremely antisocial and he like guards a treasure or whatever and he they all move in with like human roommates or whatever or like they find a human to be their like partner not on some gay shit just like you know to like help them assimilate and uh, the heartwarming episode for me is like the bond that forms between like this dragon and the guy that he's staying with because like they're both super duper nerdy they both like make their own comics and anime and stuff like that but it's like a really healthy like platonic French well why did I say platonic because then that's leading to it it's a really good friendship that develops between them and it's kind of and it's heartwarming to see how it develops in that one episode and it's basically a whole bunch of this shit but with comedy sprinkled in everywhere and you also get ridiculous ass dragon fight scenes where they're like fighting as humans with dragon powers and then all of a sudden they just fucking transform out of nowhere and start going ape shit well that's cool so <laughs> yeah it's that. Yeah, it's actually, like, I was like, wait a second. Like, they literally trans, they'll literally, like, fly to, like, some random field in the middle of nowhere and just start fighting the shit out of each other. Like, it's it's, it's actually really entertaining. But the, um, the show is really heartwarming, wholesome, and <laughs> action, action. And it deals with a lot of, like, mature themes and, like, you know, how do you deal with relationships with adults and children? Because there's, like... Um, one a child is one of the main characters, and overall, I think I've, I think I've, re, I think I'm on my like second rewatch right now. Oh wow! And I'm gonna watch it a third time. Like I really enjoy it. Like you can, and you can take the episodes individually. Like you can, I mean, watch them in order. But like now that I know the story, I can just pick a random episode and play it and be like, oh, so nice. All right, and then go on by my business. So yeah, Miss Kobayashi's Maid Dragon. Um, and I think the I think the director died recently, and it was supposed to get a second season too. So that's kind of really sad. But he didn't die because of COVID. But yeah, um, it's really good. It might be like one of those like one and done gems, especially if they don't continue it on to the second season because it was still pretty good just standalone with this first season. So highly recommend that shit. Go watch it. Yeah, that might actually be a good topic too. Um, picking up. Uh... Shows that may have under undersold themselves when they came out, and so only really got a season. But you know, yeah, yeah, because I think last week there uh, there was some that we talked about, and I feel like that's a those are those are always great fodder for like quick recommends that you can either they're bingeable if they're available, or at least you know that they they kind of come to a conclusion. Um, yeah, like you know, 80, 100 episode kind of sprawling things that you just got either have to get into or you're not going to watch it at all. So that might yeah, be Yeah, watch Black Clover, focus. people. It's worth it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> it's not like One Piece. Oh, God. <laughs> and I, like, I tell I'm, people a, I'm a One Piece the... apologist, too. I, oh, you know. I tell people all the time, you don't have to watch it. Just fucking read it. Yeah, absolutely. Just read it. It's so much faster. I, I was, I think I was like three years behind and I caught up in one night. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's not just read it. Yeah, and one thing is great, and I would say that even like a lot of the stuff, like the the 
the contemporary um, story arcs where they're at right now, like you could probably there like there's there's one or two arcs I think work very well animated. They may work a little bit better animated than um, than uh, from the manga, but for the most part, like yeah, reading it is is easy. And it looks, you know, the art is great. Um, it moves actually very fast. When you read it, you realize how much stuff is in there. Uh, the show kind of actually pads it out even more. So that it, you, it just uh, gives a unfair uh, implication that the, the series is bloated when in fact it's just very dense with cool stuff. So yeah, that's a good good uh, recommendation as well. Just, just read. Reading is good. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, guys. Yeah, that is all. We will catch you next week. You better go watch Rocka No Yusha, bitches. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, bye. Peace out.